Welcome to Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson, and I am your host. I'm here today with our senior pastor, Sean Winters, and our engagement pastor, Ben Tyvel. Gentlemen, I thought it'd be a good idea just to start off by saying what uh, our highlight from the weekend is. Oh, I'll go first. Um, my wife, Becky, and I went down to Taylor University in Indiana. Our son, Zach, and his wife, Hope, graduated from undergrad on Saturday and picked up our daughter, Annie, and came back. It was a busy weekend, but it was quick. Nice. So, guys, I, I went up north uh, this weekend <laughs> to do a little fishing and a fishing opener. So, I went with a buddy uh, up to kind of the Kimball, Minnesota area, fishing Rice Lake, and it was awesome. It was a beautiful day, and the highlight of, of the actual fishing was that I was reeling in a little crankbait. Some of you are going to know what that is. It doesn't really matter. But I snagged the uh, the tail of a carp. And if anybody listening has ever caught a carp, you kind of you know what that experience is like. Um, but it's the fight of my life. We pull it in. It was a 15-pound carp. Wow. And that was just super fun. And uh, my buddy got it all on video. So if you're watching yeah. online, we'll show you a picture, but since we don't yeah. have that right. feature, yeah. <laughs> it's just a fish story. It's just a fish but story. He did show us pictures. Yeah. It was at least 17 pounds. Yeah. Every time I tell the story, it goes it gets up. It goes up. Yeah. How about you, well, Tucker? Well, it, was, it was quite the weekend. We actually have our house on the market, so looking to move this, uh, this spring. Um, so busy weekend getting the house ready and staying in a hotel uh, with the girls so oh, that we yeah. don't you know, mess up the house. Preached this weekend, uh, put the pulpit upside down before I started preaching on Sunday, and then uh, decided to run in front of the, one of those uh, speed traps on on a neighborhood road and ended up pulling my quad. So it's quite you the full. You had a busy weekend. <laughs> you had a busy weekend. Quite the full weekend. But how fast did you get? Yeah, that's, that's what how I was fa- How fast ask. did they clock you? I was, well, I, I pulled it at 17. I was trying to Trying to beat twenty was wow. <laughs> so you, had to, you had to pull up at seventeen <laughs> miles an hour. Seventeen. That, yeah. That's pretty good. To dial it back. So that's pretty good. Well, and today I'm <laughs> limp home. Yes. <laughs> well, I want to talk today about uh, the topic of evangelism in, in our modern culture. Uh, the question that I really want to talk about is how has evangelism changed? How has it changed? Maybe even considering you know ten years ago uh, and where our culture is at today. So, what are the biggest problems that you've encountered when you've tried to share the gospel with uh, friends or neighbors, relatives. And then we want to move on to uh, later on the solution. How should we evangelize in our culture? Are there certain questions that we should be asking? Uh, And then just some practical lessons that we've learned. But let's begin at the problem. What are the the greatest evangelism challenges that you've faced today? That's a great question. And and I thought, uh, Tucker, in your message yesterday, you, you, you kind of pointed out how you know, it seemed that back in the day, so whenever that was, that that we would have a conversation with a neighbor, a friend, or a coworker, and we would kind of start from the same point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of the people we'd come across would be churched at some point. Um, they'd have a common understanding of the biblical story. But more and more, I'm finding people who are starting uh, in a totally different place. And it isn't a matter of just referring to kind of a common heritage or a common understanding. And the challenge I have is trying to figure out what someone's belief system is. Everyone's walking by something, but trying to discover what that is and then that transition. How about you, Ben? What are the challenges that you faced? 
Yeah, I I think most of, uh, or excuse me, a lot of the conversations I've had, it, it revolves around a kind of a, a position that people will take. Um, the, the word I'm thinking of or the phrase I'm thinking of is secular humanism. It's kind of this, right, this philosophy that human reason is is kind of enough to determine morality. Uh, so it, it, in many ways, kind of rejects the need for, for God. Uh, and I think within that too, there's this this position that we, that there isn't really a, a sin problem. So, so overall, kind of just experiencing, you know, with a, with a lot of folks that I talk to, kind of this, I, I don't really need God. Like I'm kind of doing pretty good on my own. Yeah. And so... I would say that's another challenge that I face is, you know, in at least in our culture, within the context that I'm in, most people have, you know, heard some version of of the gospel and they're kind of good on their own, if if that makes sense. Like they haven't reached a point where they've kind of really seen a need for God in their life. And, you know, they're educated and they have good jobs and, um, you know, things are going pretty well. And so that, that's probably one of the bigger challenges that I've, that I've faced. Yeah. I, I think along similar lines too, I've, the, in the conversations I've had, you know, people see, some people see Christianity as, as outdated or irrelevant at best. And maybe at worst they see it as, um, you know, pushing, uh, you know, it's, they would consider it anti-gay or, you know, very, uh, judgmental, hypocritical, mm-hmm. and so trying to get beyond those barriers is, can be a real challenge uh, in having conversation with our neighbors and friends. Yeah, you know, at the same time, then we come across people who seem eager to find an answer, mm-hmm. right? So we might have a casual conversation with a neighbor, and seeking God isn't anywhere probably on the radar for them, and then we come across someone who's really hurting or really struggling or has faced a huge crisis of some sort. And all of a sudden there's an opening mm-hmm. um, that there's a, there's an openness to a conversation or there's a seeking of, of God. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I want to uh, kind of press into this idea that there's, you know, we used to have this kind of common framework, maybe this common moral framework. We could assume that, you know, at a very basic level, we maybe believed some of the similar things such as some similar things such as you know we we do have a a sin problem whether or not people use that specific word or not but we could begin from a common starting point and then provide the solution you know with the gospel what are some of the questions that you think people are asking today like what's the what are maybe some of the foundations that people are building their world their worldviews off of today that we have to address you know, I, I think one of the challenging things to, to help people understand is that they're, they're serving something. There's little G gods. Um, there's something that has their devotion and it has their heart. And, and they're trying to serve. So that might be self. It might be um, success. It might be, you know, a thoughtful approach. They've, they've put together a pretty watertight argument on how life should go. Um, and, and, and then just try to understand, like, like, in what ways does that, you know, your service to that um, fall short or is that satisfying? So, you know, you, you, you talk about putting a ladder, 
you know, climbing a ladder and finding it's against the wrong wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're working hard climbing this ladder. Um, and, and so, you know, trying to figure out what that is and then have a conversation, just try to unpack, okay, what, what are you after and, and what are you serving? Helping people kind of understand that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I think um, a lot of, it hasn't changed a whole lot in my mind, like as far as what people are searching for or what they're looking for, right? I think there's a, a basic kind of human uh, searching for meaning, purpose. So again, maybe throughout history, they're, they're, it's changed depending on you know what we're going through culturally, or there's maybe shifts. But at the end of the day, that is what people are, uh, are kind of wrestling with. Sometimes maybe they just need help identifying that. Uh, but there's a deep longing and a deep sense of uh, searching for meaning in life. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, that's a big question. We, obviously, we've been asking that question since the beginning of time. What is the meaning of life? Uh, but yeah, there are, there are different, uh, you know, there are different kind of ways that that, that can come out um, depending on who you're talking to, what their experience has been. But a lot of times it could take the shape of, you know, it, it could be a really, uh, a, a really good, uh, you know, they could be giving their life to a, a, a really good cause. Um, but again, if it's separate from uh, the acknowledgement of, of a creator God, if it's separate from this acknowledgement that I, I ultimately can't do this life on my own, that I, that I need God in life, it, it really becomes this thing like Sean you said just helping them try to understand how how is that thing even even though it might be good how how are you serving that or how is it serving you and is it is it giving to you what did it what you what you need you know is it satisfying your your the deep part of who you are i've i've struggled with this idea and thought through it um as a lot of people try to say, "Hey, I want to do what makes me happy," um, and and yet I think they settle. So I, I think it's actually a good question. Um, you know, what makes me happy? Well, they say, "Well, how about finances, or how about success, or how about pleasure, or how about?" And they fill in with all sorts of different answers. And when we look at scripture, we say, "You know, it's either being happy or being holy." Um, but but I think. Probably a better answer is that the life of blessedness, the life of true happiness, is a holiness pattern that God laid out, and that God has called us, like the the, the place of greatest inner peace, quietness of heart, confidence of, of personhood, is when we align to God and His call on our life. And so it's not a bad question, and it's not, you know, it's a good one to start from, you know, what, what are you doing to make yourself happy, and then is it? Is it working? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me point then to what God describes of the blessed or the happy or the um, the joy-filled life. What are some of the ways that we can evangelize our culture today? How, what are the questions that you would recommend asking, maybe that you have asked that you've found to be good questions, um, and maybe even getting down to that idea of worldview? What are the ways that we can perhaps challenge or even um, present the challenge their worldview, but then present the, what is the, what is the worldview of, uh, of scripture? 
I, I was looking up uh, Luke chapter 10, where Jesus appointed 72 and he sent them out to go to every town. Um, he told them, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, he said, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. So this is a sending. It's a evangelistic. It's a wide end of harvest. We talk about that a lot. The next verse says, when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, then your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. And out of this, it's the idea of finding that person of peace. And if we can borrow something from a, a lot of people who work in Muslim countries, they often look for a person of peace, someone who's receptive to that message. They pray about it. And, and, I, and I think that's very instructive of one of the, you know, one of the questions we could ask, uh, one of the questions that maybe we don't present but we pray about is, is, Lord, help me find a person of peace who's open to the gospel. There's lots of people who are not, um, but God says the harvest is plentiful. Mm-hmm. It's white. Um, God, help me find that person of peace who's open to that conversation. I think that's a really important first question. That's good. One of the one of the things that I've uh, done in the past, uh, some of the questions that I've asked, and I think I've mentioned this previously, but it, this is I found this to be effective, and that's to start with. Uh, kind of asking two basic questions that then lead into another question, but it has to do with origin, like asking them just to talk about what they believe about where they've come from, where we as human beings have come from. So it just gets them into a space of, of uh, just kind of uncovering whether or not they even have, you know, kind of a, a belief about how we got here as human beings. And then asking them, where is it that you believe we're going? You know, what is it? Um, yeah, what type of belief do you have about uh, afterlife, if there is a life after? And then I think out of that conversation, what I try to do is then connect that to um, just their their life today, that those, helping them understand that what you believe about those two things deeply impacts your, your life today. And trying to, I, I think more than anything, help them see that it, it matters <laughs> you know, again, what they believe about how we got here and where we might be headed. And that, you know, without God in, in that equation, uh, there, it's a pretty empty, uh, experience. Like it, it ends up being up to them. And I think that's what I've, I've seen more often than not is when people begin to talk about these two things and there's an absence of God, they start to come to terms with uh, even their current struggle, and they start to think about what they're currently walking through in light of, you know, the belief that they have, and they start to recognize, wow, I, it's kind of been up to me to, uh, up until this point, and that actually has been a part of what has produced a good deal of anxiety in me, the fact that it's like wide open, you know, the uh, the the truth could be anything, and and it's up to me to, you know, to figure that out and determine that myself. And you know, again, for a lot of people, they've come to a place in their life, at least for those that I, as I'm having that conversation, they're acknowledging, uh, their, you know, their best attempt to 
uh, you know, to kind of come up with the solution on their own, it's they've fallen short and they are looking for an answer. And at least, so, they're, yeah. at least they're curious about it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. When somebody has a strange or origin story or, you know, shrugs mm-hmm. in a destination, like, where are we going? I, I don't know. Or yeah. I, I'm telling you, you can't know kind of an agnostic perspective. Like it, it's unknowable. Um, I, I was having a conversation with a guy who was a graduate student in some foreign language. I don't, he was really bright, but was convinced that there was nothing after death. This is all there is. And, you know, my question to him was, um, I mean, first of all, he wanted to meet, which was interesting to me. And then I said, hey, what are some good books you've read that would support your idea? And I'd be willing to read one of those if you'd be willing to read a book that supports my idea. So part of that first question is, is would you be willing to at least walk through or think through mm-hmm. another idea? And if you can get people to just engage in that conversation, it's, it's really helpful. You're listening to The Raw Roast, where we're having a conversation about how to evangelize our, our modern culture today. One of, the, one of the questions, very much in line with what both of you are saying, that I like to ask is, what, what do you believe, who do you believe humanity to be? Who, who is, uh, I mean, the old question, who is man? Um, and then who, who, is, who is God, or whatever they might believe to be a, a higher power as good places to begin? Because I do think they're, they're very good diagnostic questions, because they might not believe there is any higher being whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But I think the question that most people are asking today in some form or fashion is, what is who is humanity? Like, who, who are we at a, a very basic, fundamental level? And I think if we can really press into that question, it can be really a good place to begin. I mean, I even think back into, you know, Genesis 3 and, I mean, the old temptation of, you know, if you take this, you will be like God. And if you go to the very end of the chapter, the thing that fascinates me is you have God says, they have become like us. Hmm. And so there was an element of truth in what the serpent said, that mm-hmm. they took the fruit and they actually did become like God in a way that was never intended. So I think it's important to make that distinction between being image bearers of God or being like God in a way that was never intended. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really comes at a very basic fundamental level comes down to a lot of the worldview issues today because it, when it comes down to it, I think people try to be like God in a way that was never intended. And if we can show how this is really foolishness to tr- really try to live into this, I mean, it really leads to a, a very, it leads down a very dark road. If we can show how being image bearers is the way that we were intended, or the way, the way that was intended, the way we were created can be I think a good place to begin the conversation and then can help us to unpack the larger biblical worldview behind that question. Um, N.T. Wright uh, says that Jesus shows us the new way of being human. And I think that's a very profound statement. Um, hmm. That's really good. And, and it's a good reminder to all of us. So, we who believe in Jesus Christ and, and ascribe to the Bible as an authority in our life need to be reminded of the same thing. What does it mean to be human? And the fact that, you know, in our humanness, we can't be like God. We're not going to, we're not going to save anyone. We're not going to come up with the solution. We're not going to, um, 
you know, be what that person needs. That person needs Christ. They don't need us. Um, and so just understanding our, our humanness and our flawed brokenness, um, but also that we're redeemed by God and that we can be image bearers. And so how can that even reflecting of Christ in our life, in our lives be, um, be, be used. I mean, so, some people will see it. Some people won't. Um, we're the smell of life and the smell of death. Yeah. <laughs> the Bible tells us we're, we're smelly people. And uh, if we're not very smelly, then, you know, we're, we're probably not as human as we should be. Yeah. What are some of the practical lessons that you've learned in your interactions with people? I know, you know, one, one of the practical lessons that I've learned is people, I think, are open to a conversation. Most people are open to a conversation. I mean, you might run across a few who aren't. One of the one of the most fascinating conversations I had probably a little over a year ago. The uh, individual said that he was most interested to explore Christianity because there seemed to be so much hostility towards it, towards it hmm. that there must be something there. And I've never heard that before. But I thought, hmm. what a what a fascinating entry point into a conversation about faith. Um, so I, I think people are surprisingly open to having a conversation. That's one of the practical. One of the practical lessons I've learned over the last few years. Yeah, to build on that, I would say people are also open uh, to to prayer. So everybody, you know, has a has a different kind of idea of even what that is. But most people are are open to receiving it when when offered. And so again, that can be a that that feels like a pretty uh, vulnerable thing to do to offer that or to to kind of enter into that space space with someone. And I think maybe for some, uh, we would maybe assume that people wouldn't want to do that or uh, that they'd be opposed to that. My experience has been you know, quite the opposite, that people are typically uh, very open to receiving prayer. I would say that it, it seems like three of the really challenging issues in the pandemic were um, a heightened anxiety um, deepening struggles with depression and then isolation. And those are probably all interrelated. Isolation has probably caused the other two to become more pronounced. And I think that, that those are entry points for gospel. You know, I think that there's some just engaging with someone and being, you know, willing to connect with them and meet over a cup of coffee, um, you know, to, to pause in the neighborhood and have a conversation that interpersonal connectedness, you know, starts to speak to the isolation or the loneliness. Um, and, and then as we talk about, you know, the peace that God brings, then that, you know, we're not talking a, a clinical diagnosis of anxiety or some of those issues, but, but just to resolving some of the, the worries and concerns, fear is right on the mm-hmm. edge. It's been so pronounced. Um, so, so I think we can start from some of those really practical, meaningful, human interaction kinds of things. We talk about God in our life and the difference. I think we need to figure out what difference has God made in our life in this pandemic. And if there hasn't been a difference, then then we need to spend some time working on that. Um, and and then just kind of let that flow out. Um, I, I, I think good. that's just a really important and, you know, kind of state beginning point for conversations. I think that's a good encouragement, you know, for us. I think of John 15, 
when Jesus is talking about, uh, you know, fruit that will last and just talks about being connected to the vine and the importance yeah. of if, if there's going to be any kind of pouring out or, or outflow from yeah. us that is good and godly and something that somebody's going to see as different, we have to be staying connected yeah. to the vine. Apart and, from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. yeah remain in me yep. and let my word remain in you. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another practical thing that I've uh, been thinking about is I think some people are maybe not confident in their own evangelism abilities. And mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a very legitimate, very legitimate thing, but mm-hmm. something that can be addressed. I mean, there's training opportunities, there's mentors, there's books that can be read. But I think for some, they might not be confident that Christianity has the answers that people are ask, uh, for, to the questions that people are asking. And one of the things that I've come to realize in my conversations with people is Christianity really does have the answers to life's biggest questions. It has answers to even some of the questions that are being asked uh, from those in our culture today who think they're probably asking new questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's really nothing new under the sun. I mean, these mm-hmm. questions have been being asked for 2,000 years, and Christianity has provided really good answers to uh, these questions. So I think it's also knowing our history is maybe another practical thing that we can do uh, at, you know, to maybe brush up on our own evangelism skills is, is looking back through the, the church fathers and looking back through church history because there really is no new question, and Christianity has really good answers to the questions that are being asked. It might be good for people to hear as well. I mean, I, it would be good for me to hear the, the encouragement that it's okay not to, to know. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to enter into these conversations without having, you know, quote unquote, all of the answers that sometimes that's even a, an important part of the process with someone mm-hmm. is walking through this and, and helping them see that even though this is something that I believe for, believe in firmly i don't have all the answers like i haven't uh dug to the bottom of this and if we come across something that i don't know the answer to or that uh it's okay to say you know i'm not sure about that you know i'd but i'd love to to research that a little bit more and would you be willing to keep having conversations about it and again i've found that people are uh, they're they're okay with that. Like it, it helps us kind of connect too. Like mm-hmm. on a human level. Like oh yeah, I I don't have all the answers. Neither do you. Let's kind of keep journeying uh, in this together. There not, aren't too many know-it-alls that I really enjoy spending time with. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> you know, I think yeah. that's a really good, and we need to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah that there is uh, just because we run a podcast doesn't mean we know it all. There's lots of stuff we're like. Man, I'm not sure. Yeah. And that's really a good spot to be personally, but I think it's also winsome. You're right. It's winsome yeah. in conversations with others. Like, I'm not, I actually don't know, but I can do some research. Yeah. Or let's explore this together. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things we, or at least in my life, that's some feedback that I've gotten from non Christians is, I mean, because as Christians, we, we hold to the conviction that there is absolute truth you know, again, there's this perception that, well, you, you all are all, you're all know-it-alls. Yeah. <laughs> and so again, I think to, uh, we, we need a healthy dose of, eh, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. Yeah. 
I do know all the answers, but yeah, uh, Tucker does. No, but no, Ben and I <laughs> can email Tucker, call him. <laughs> no, I think you. I mean, you raise a good point. That I, yeah, like you said, Sean. No one likes to be around a, a know-it-all, and no one likes to have a conversation with a know-it-all. And I do think there is some. I mean, to be able to come to a conversation with humility. Yeah, uh, I was just having a conversation with a guy the other day, and he was bringing up some very interesting ideas, uh, and. You know, I, I I just had to be honest with him. I don't know some of the words you're even using. I don't know what you're talking about, but this is interesting, and I'd love to uh, do some research about this and and know more about what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I do think, and I think people appreciate that, and I think it maybe changes the narrative from you know Christians are just they they know it all and or they think they know it all and they you know want to have an answer to every. Yeah. But your willingness, Tucker, to to move in and say, "Yeah, I I don't know about that. I'd love to learn a little bit more about it." I mean, you're you know you're you're doing something profound there. You're entering into to that person's space and saying, "I want to get to know you. I care about what you think and what you believe." And you know, if there's anything that uh, that I've learned, the uh, there's a lot of truth to the old uh, adage that people you know don't. Um, they're not going to care what you think until they know that you care. And so I think, you know, at a very basic level, if we can move in and, and um, love people from that place, I, I really do care about you. And we, I may not agree with what you believe, but I want to know what you believe. And I'm willing to sit and, and listen intently and, um, and, and to walk this journey with you. And I think that's a, a great place to start. Again, we don't need to have all the answers. I think we just need to be willing oftentimes to listen. Any closing thoughts from uh, the two of you that uh, you'd like to leave with our listeners? Yeah, I think I would just add the idea of being real, being authentic. Um, it's okay to be still struggling with life and then continue to pray for a man or woman of peace that God um, would open up a conversation with. I'd fall back on uh, just be willing to listen and uh, be and be willing to be there for the long haul, I guess. You know, for some that may not be possible, you may just get a conversation or two. But I, again, I think a, a willingness to uh, enter into conversation and to know that it's it it may take days, weeks, months, years yeah, and you, do life together. Yeah, and you may not. You, you may not get to see that person ultimately make a decision for Christ, but ultimately it's not up to us. Yeah. You know, we, we are called to be ambassadors and to, to walk that journey with people. But at the end of the day, uh, we, we don't save people. So, We want to thank you for listening. If you'd like more information about Calvary Church, you can visit calvarychurch.us. You can also check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. We encourage you to to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. It also helps if you leave us a review. We look forward to having you join us again next Monday.